Hi, I'm Julie. I'm Kristen. And I'm Kate. Welcome to Season 2 of Topical Island. In every episode, we'll dive into a new topic. From the morbid to the magnificent. The heartfelt to the ridiculous. Join us as each week we take you to a different topical island. Hello and welcome, Julie. Welcome, Kristen. And uh, anyone listening out there, welcome to Topical Island. And uh, Julie, how's it going? Hello, I'm really well. Um, as I mentioned last time, we have a little one who is sitting with us on the podcast today. So apologies if there's any funny little grunting noises or cute little cooing sounds. Uh, recently, a couple friends uh, threw out the idea of shooting for being outside for 1000 hours this year. Mm. Oh, like as a goal. As a goal. And at first <clears throat> blush... That seems quite attainable. A thousand hours, that's not that much. But then you do the math and you consider a Canadian winter and I don't think it's that attainable unless you were, (laughs) maybe if you were like a really avid skier who skied for like 16 hours every weekend, maybe, or... Right, if you were doing an activity outside all day throughout the winter. Throughout the winter. Otherwise, yeah, you're looking at more than three hours a day. So new goal... 500 hours outside in 2022. Hey, any goal to spend more time outside is a great goal. I think so too. I love that. Yeah. I'm so far at at one for 500, if you were wondering. (laughs) Excellent. Yeah, that's me. Wonderful. Well, we are very happy to have our newest listener join us today. Um, So I am certainly willing to make an exception for all the little grunts and giggles. But uh, (laughs) yes, unfortunately... Our listeners can't see him, but he's pretty cute. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And Kristen, what have you been up to? Well, I agree, Julie. I think it'll be nice. I think, too, just with how cold it's been, we've had quite a cold holiday season, so it's still been lovely, but um, haven't had a lot of chance to like, get outside or anything like that. I, I watched a, a show with my family yesterday, which was called Still Standing. It's a CBC show. Have you guys ever watched it? Yes, I'm a huge fan. <laughs> I mean, I, I love it originally because he. I'm. I'm also a fan of Murdoch Mysteries, and right. he is uh, a character on Murdoch Mysteries. <laughs> yeah, he's not uh, Johnny something. What do you know? What his last name is Johnny. Oh, I guess I'm not that big a fan. Johnny something. Johnny oh, something. He does the stand up. Where he yeah, goes to he goes to like. Yeah, yeah. And but I, he goes was... to like these desolate, t- not desolate, but they're, they are like, it's called still standing because they've either been hit really hard by something economically yeah. or, um, you know, weather wise or something like that. And then he kind of visits the, the people holding the town together and does a skit about them. And sorry, now I'm taking over, Kristen. <laughs> no, I'm happy. <laughs> but he went. My grandfather and my um, my dad's side of the family, uh, some of them live in Teeswater, Ontario, which oh. was featured on his show. Oh, awesome. Oh, good. Did they go to his um, skit? Yeah, my aunt went. Awesome. Yeah. Oh, that's so fun. I know. It was just I mean, the one that I saw, I, we were watching a few last night, and I was watching the one about Turner Valley, which is, of course, pretty close to Calgary. And um, so I was like, oh, this is so, I mean, it's such a great idea. And I was so embarrassed because, of course, then I'm looking online and I think they're going into season seven. So I'm like, wait, oh, behind, wow. But yeah. All right. Well, good for them. I yeah. didn't realize it was that long standing. Yeah. It's a pun intended. Long stand- 
<laughs> they are also still standing. <laughs> yeah, so I, I was watching that for the first time last night, and so I I um, thought I'd bring it up. I was curious to see if other people, but my parents are big CBC watchers, so mm-hmm. um, yeah. So, anyways, if anyone hasn't listened to or, or watched it, it's kind of a a little delight. Yeah, I agree. And he really gets into it, and like, and really personalizes his skits, and and. And I could so appreciate how uplifting it would be for some of those mm-hmm. to have that kind of attention and just like, oh, you made a joke about, you know, old, old cranky, you know, Mr. Smith's on the way. So and so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's what you is the cutest when you see people kind of like light up when they like, when he, he gets them. And I think it's just that power of like feeling heard and seen and stuff like that. Yes. Really cool. Yes. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Anyways, yeah, Kate, how about you? Well, yeah, I mean, I have to agree that I'm I'm excited to start this new year with radical neutrality, albeit, <laughs> but still excited. I mean, January 1st over the holiday, I woke up and um by the end of the day, you would not think that Christmas ever came and went in our home. So, the lights are down outside, everything is down inside. We only put our tree up on Christmas Eve and the tree was down. Oh, so, wow. <laughs> yeah, come January 1st, I am uh I just like to settle into whatever is going to um, unfold in the following year. So I've been planning out kind of different races I want to do and looking into some, you know, self-care rituals that I want to hopefully stay on top of. I don't have any resolutions per se. I'm just hoping to make it an awesome, fun and different year. Nice. So that's what I've been up to. Yeah. But I'm very excited to find out where uh, Kristen is going to take us today. I kind of thought that a fun topic as we head into the new year is talking about our calendar. So this is not, I'm going somewhere with this. I'm not talking about our calendar, but uh, our Gregorian calendar is a solar calendar that is based on how long it takes for our planet to orbit the sun, which is 364.3 days. But we also live in a what's called is like a quasi lunar calendar, which is our months are loosely based on the moon's phases. So it actually takes uh, the moon 29.5 days to round our planet. Oh, I so always thought it was 28. Okay. Oh, well, <laughs> every I'm sure everybody wanted to know how long I thought a moon phase was. <laughs> Well, it's very close, Julie. Um, And with 28 kind of cycles of that, it adds up to 354 days. So a purely lunar year lasts about 11 days shorter than the solar year, um, which is why months are made up of more and less days. Hmm. But that's just to establish a context, because today I thought I would talk about the full moon. I I can't wait, because I have very strong feelings about what happens during a full moon really yes well i thought uh let's just establish what is a full moon um some basic facts about a full moon and we just talked about a few about the cycle so the moon is constantly orbiting and gets uh further the earth and gets further from the sun as it waxes to a full moon and then closer to the sun it wanes to a new moon so a full moon is actually when the sun's rays are illuminating the surface of the moon and that occurs when the moon is directly opposite the sun in the sky so on opposite sides of the earth okay so another important aspect is that the moon actually has a gravity of its own 
which is much weaker than the Earth's, but it does impact, as you know, the tides. So um, especially when uh, the tide is on the side of the moon, um, it can cause a bulge or high tide on the side of the Earth closest to the moon. So those are some kind of like, you know, scientifically established facts. Um, but probably to what you're talking about, Julie, for a long time in our culture, the full moon has been blamed for a lot of things. Even Hippocrates, who's the father of modern medicine, blamed insanity on the moon goddess's chariot ride across the sky. Mm. During the first century AD, the Roman philosopher Pliny suggested that the full moon caused more dutiform, which led to increased moisture in the brain. And to that, he said more madness. Okay, (laughs) that might be pushing it a little bit. (laughs) So Julie, what were you, when you're talking about the moon, what what are your notions? I, and I've talked to my brother who's like, doesn't believe in kismet and he's like, Mm -hmm. you're full of beans. But yeah, he said it in much meaner terms than that. But (laughs) you're full of beans. (laughs) But I can tell you, for example, in my household, Mm -hmm. if there's a night where my daughter is up like three times in the night and like comes upstairs, Mm -hmm. leaves, and, uh, you know, my husband would have a terrible sleep and like everybody's, you know, complaining in the morning, nine times out of 10, I will go to the calendar and it will have been a full moon. And I can tell you that my obstetrician for my mm-hmm. pregnancy just came to fruition here. Um, she was like, whatever happens, try not to go into labor on a full moon. Terrible things happen. Like people. Um, yeah, what? Yeah. She's like, D- like, don't. And so as it happens, two, no, three nights before my son was born, it was a full moon. And not two days before that, my doctor and I were chatting and she's like, oh, I'm on this weekend. You know, wouldn't that be something if you went into labor, blah, 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 which is what happened. But on that night of the full moon, when I was thinking, don't go into labor, don't go into labor. That day I saw, I kid you not, four car accidents, four car accidents. And I would love to know if there's any stats that like tie back to the moon, because I think that kind of thing happens all the time. And yeah, I don't know. Why. It's all the moisture in the brain. It's, great. it's that dew. <laughs> it's the dew. It's the dew. It's the moon dew. And... The moon dew. <laughs> but I swear there's something to it personally. And like, as I say, almost any medical professional that I talked to, and then of course I quizzed every nurse that was on shift when I was having, when I was in labor, I was like, Hey, it was the full moon this week. Anything weird happen? And they're all like, it does happen. Like it never fails that on a full moon, something weird or like a statistical Mm. anomaly, like, you know, Mm -hmm. you know, I don't want to trigger anybody by naming traumas, but like those things happen <laughs> during a full moon. Yeah. Anyway, that's my long-winded yeah. way of saying I absolutely think these things, there's a cycle to crazy. Not crazy, but- No, like absolutely. A, these anomalies. I completely yeah. agree with you. And what I always kick myself for is that it's it always seems to be hindsight for me. I um. absolutely believe that, you know, things happen around- in cycles around those times of, of full moons. And I'm the same way where um, it, it's only in looking back where it's like, of course it was a full moon. Like yeah, of that, yeah. if, that to- if I only knew that at the time, I could have just sat in, <laughs> you know, in the confidence of knowing this will pass. It happens every yes. 
Yes. But I also, I, I love this topic because I have a couple of friends, one in particular, who is very into the moon cycles. And mm-hmm. I very, just very knows knows what time of the month it is always in terms of moon cycles and has even, you know, it's funny that you're doing this as a topic and maybe the, her, her suggestion to me for a topic was um, uh, full moon rituals. Oh. And so I'm not sure if you'll touch on that, but it might, might be a good part two. Um, yeah. Should I <laughs> indulge her? So, but <laughs> you know, she, she's told me before, um, you know, if you have, if you're somebody who keeps crystals or anything like that, to put them out and bathe them in a full moon, apparently, is yes. is something that people do. And uh, yeah, there's lots of different things, um, mm-hmm. things happening. So, but for me, it's always been hindsight. Mm-hmm. Uh, even tea making, um, people will steep tea in the moonlight and make moon tea. Oh, it's like oh. moon tea. Yeah. What I like when you say um, in hindsight, Kate, because like that kind of adds to the possibility. Because it's like if you're like really anticipating the full moon and then you're just like looking for a million things to happen, it's different if you like look back and you're like, oh, that was really weird. Weird. It was also the full moon, right? Mm-hmm. You're not looking for it necessarily. Mm-hmm. Um, but the word lunatic actually does come from the Latin word luna. Of course. Yeah. Right. And so the full moon has been historically blamed for craziness. It's probably a nicer way to say that now. Uh, monsters, including, of course, werewolves, you right. know, people turning into, which was actually a very real, there's a whole, that could be a whole other topic that has a whole werewolves and all that has its own, because people were actually accused of that at, at a certain time. But mm-hmm. also it's a favorite event, a favorite event for vampires. And like you guys mentioned, there's um, anecdotal evidence of more crimes and visits to the ER during the full moon and even more animal visits. Um, And for a long time, it was a very accepted idea. In the 1700s, a British legal expert and judge wrote, a lunatic uh, is properly one who has, who hath lucid menti, is sometimes enjoys his senses and sometimes not, frequently depending upon the changes of the moon. Um, Another theory that was uh, popularized in the 1970s was from a book that suggested that kind of when we were talking about with the tides, because the human body is made of about 60% water, if the phase of the moon can cause ocean tides, um, why would it not be able to impact a human being as well? But when I was reading online, uh, kind of of to your brother's point there, Julie, um, a lot of kind of very scientifically based people um, have a really hard time. There's some studies that do prove, some studies that don't prove. So a lot of them are very... Um, cynical about full moons actually impacting of course. lunacy, they say. Um, so Scott L- Lillenfeld and Hal Arkowitz on Scientific American said, when there is a full moon and something decidedly odd happens, we usually notice it, tell others about, about it and remember it. On contrast, when the full moon, when there's a full moon and nothing happens, this non-event quickly fades from our memory. So they call that kind of the confirmation bias. Uh, another astronomer named George Abel famously noted that a mosquito sitting on your arm exerts more gravitational force on your body than the moon does. <laughs> so, oh, there's a lot of true? cynicism. I don't know enough about <laughs> gravity, but uh, <laughs> huh, okay. I mean our our gravity, but the the moon 
like our gravity obviously would impact you more than a mosquito, but the, right. the little tiny mosquito on your arm would have as much impact on you as the actual full moon. And they also then the brightness. So a very, like the brightness of the actual full moon has um, been a possible explanation for a lot of lunacy oh, type of things. So yeah. um, for example, uh, one hypothesis uh, from 1999 journal of affective disorders suggested that sleep, deprivation caused by the brightness of the full moon might have worsened ex existing mental disorders yeah. once electric lights were invented authors said uh the effect was negated which is why they are having trouble in modern times finding correlation um so it could have been like old premise that we kind of have brought into today right with that confirmation bias and also this this seems like a bit of a far-fetched but like uh like a bump in criminality could be like that increase of light you know the ability to kind of see oh because everybody's stirring. sleeping but you've got the yeah. light of the yeah the <laughs> but i'm like well there's street lights out there i mean you're that's pretty light out too but maybe it gives you that little additional help i don't know hmm. so of course you know this science can always uh be sometimes it's a little bit behind honestly what people have known for a long time because the moon has been a huge part and full moon specifically uh, traditionally across the world has played a huge part in uh, human history and it has actually acted as a cultural mirror to our beliefs just a few examples just to show that um, in chinese tradition the full moon is a symbol of peace and prosperity and family reunion in the hindu um, religion there is a full moon day celebration uh, called purnima which is a very happy day in the calendar promising prosperity and happiness uh, of course maybe going a little bit back to what you were chatting about, Kate, um, well, witchcraft and maybe more more modern, like, um, astrology and that type of thing. There's lots of worshipping the moon as a goddess and associated with fertility. Certain indigenous cultures in North America, when Europeans first arrived, a lot of them were practicing, um, the moon was called the grandmother moon and was also, and so it was said to be uh, that the moon cycle is a gift to women, a time to cleanse herself mentally, physically, emotionally, and spiritually. Uh, the moon time was a time for women to relax and take it easy. And all the chores were done by family members. Nice. Hmm. The Khonsu was the Egyptian lunar god of fertility. And on his head, he wore a crown or headdress. And then the Maya, they not only uh, looked at the moon cycles for their calendar, for fertility, but also for harvests. And actually, Julie, you might appreciate this because uh, you've mentioned the Farmer's Almanac a few times. Um, they still have their best days calendar, which recommends specific days to do everything. Hmm. Um, but their reader, so they actually have an article that says that there is no scientific proof of any of this, but their readers swear that they've seen better results in their endeavors when they follow these recommendations. Hmm. I find that all that quite interesting because I think, like I said, there's, there's not finding the science to back that up. How like back up um, some of the things that we think about the full moon, but it's so interesting when people from all across the world find different things, such as like the tie to uh, femininity and mm -hmm. fertility mm -hmm. is just so strong across so many cultures and so I, I think that maybe one day science will catch up and, and realize some of these things. Uh, it's just so interesting. And I think like there's always something very enchanting about the sky. You know, lots of religions have sun and moon references, but it's just so interesting that so many cultures have tied it to like femininity and, and fertility in that. So. Mm -hmm.
Mm-hmm. Which, I mean, it makes sense because women's bodies move in the same cycle as the... Yeah, exactly. And Maybe so, that's uh, why Julie... Th- is that why you thought a month had 28 days? Not 29.5? <laughs> that's why I thought, yeah, the lunar cycle was 28 days. And I swear it comes back to the office. I think at one point, Dwight says that he wishes he was a woman so that he could be more in touch with the lunar cycles. Yeah. Right, right. <laughs> well, and so uh, there's a lot of these, that's perfect, because I what I wanted to get into a little bit is there there are some very real and concrete examples of the moon impacting people. And actually, uh, in 2021, there was a study published in Science Advances that actually showed that not only does the moon impact sleep cycles, but it has also influenced menstrual cycles. The analysis of sleep cycles in rural and urban indigenous Argentinians, as well as urban U.S., they found that people fall asleep later and sleep less on the nights leading up to a full moon. So they tried to show that showing that there was such a difference in like ethnic or cultural differences in location, they were still finding the same types of outcomes. Uh, In a related study, an investigation of long-term menstrual cycle records Uh, maintained by 22 women shows that women with cycles lasting longer than 27 days intermittently, they would intermittently synchronize with the moon cycles and the moon's gravitational pull. It was lost as women aged and when they were exposed to artificial light at night. Hmm. The woman who did conducted a lot of that was Charlotte Hoffrich Forster. Uh, She was a professor of neurobiology and genetics at the University of Wurzburg in Germany. People had studied like a lot of women over a short period of time, but it was, I think they were studying a smaller segment of women, but over a very long period of time. And that was when they found that a bunch of them had at different times had been synchronous with the moon. And she said, I was surprised and fascinated at the same time, although our study is not at all the first report of an influence on the lunar cycle on humans and in reproduction in many marine animals, reproduction and strongly coupled with moon cycles. Nevertheless, most researchers are skeptical about an influence of the moon on human life. So regardless of her study, I think she's aware, well aware that scientists are, uh, hesitant to draw these conclusions. But it's easy to see where this idea came from um, because what they were saying was that the average menstrual cycle lasts for 29 days. Also, animal behavior mm. has is is really highly tied. So it's not that it's not that kind of like full moon is making you go crazy, but it a lot of it ties to those things we were talking about, like tides and lights. So one of the most stunning behaviors um it was from one of the reports that was talked about in live science was that the team found that moon induced mass spawning was an event that happened every December in Australia's great barrier reef. So each year, hundreds of species of coral would spawn together at the same time, which was a variety of environmental factors, including temperature, salinity and food availability. But the level of moonlight was a huge contributor. So when the light was right, Hundreds of corals released their sperm and eggs in synchronicity, increasing the probability of fertilization. Hmm. And the same kind of behavior has been seen in turtles as well, waiting for the tide to be as high as possible. Uh, When the water was deeper, it might wash them ashore further, where it's better for them to make a nest. As you can see, uh, there are some very real examples. So they might not necessarily be the moon is making you crazy, but there's lots of reasons and ways that the moon uh, impacts us in really real ways. So kind of going back to uh, the Scientific American, um, one of the researchers said the world, this is kind of like that age old debate of, you know, those of us who liked, who are 
like willing to believe in maybe not always like Western ideals and maybe um, things that have been found out over the years or are willing to accept some things like the moon cycles and maybe some rituals you could do with the moon cycles or those types of things. But this is more of the scientific perspective on things, which is the quote was that the world is very scary and the world is unpredictable and it may give us pleasure, a relief to think the world is not as uncontrollable, not as unpredictable as we believe. Whether it applies to the moon, I don't know, although I do suspect that anything that gives us a sense that we can predict something might provide us with a measure of psychological reassurance. Yeah, consistency. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. And it's true because that's certainly the feeling, even though I'm not predicting anything, when I said I look back and I'm like, well, that explains everything. Yeah. And so it it gives it at least some reason that my day was, you know, off the rails yeah so I think that his point is that you know we might be looking for patterns that may or may not be there as a means to interpret the world or to make the world feel a bit more safe so Mm -hmm. yeah so I think there's definitely a lot of different perspectives that you can take on how much or how little impact the moon actually has on our day-to-day lives Mm -hmm. that's awesome no that's really cool so cool Oh, thanks. Thank you so much for taking us there, Kristen. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> now, Julie, I'd love to hear what good news you've got for us. I cannot believe what my good news is. And frankly, just for our listeners, if you kind of wanted to know the process, we all come in fresh. Kate and I had no idea that Kristen was going to talk about lunar cycles. You know, I hadn't relayed my good news story. Like we always come in very fresh. Like our reactions are legitimate. We don't know what... the the others are going to talk about or say, we think that it gives us, you know, some great spontaneity and hopefully people enjoy that. My flipping good news story <laughs> is the best days to do blank in January based on the farmer's almanac and the lunar cycles. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> okay. So based on the almanac, So both the position of the moon in the 12 signs of the zodiac, as well as the lunar phase, here are the best times to do some activities this month. Should I get my day planner out? You know what? You may want to do it. So um, this one, I think a lot of people think about in January, Uh, best day to begin a diet to gain weight would be... What? Yeah. All right. Let's write that down. Well, some people are underweight and need to. Gain. I know, I know. <laughs> I know. That's, that's true. It's just not my <laughs> current situation, Julie. <laughs> Most people after Christmas are like, "Huh, how could I pack on a few more pounds?" But tell me the dates anyway. If that, if these are the types of activities you're, why did you, why did you get me to get my day planner out? <laughs> okay. Please continue. A diet to gain weight. Start that on January 7th or January 12th. Okay. Now, if you want to begin a diet to lose weight, January 22nd or 26th. Now, if you want to breed your animals this month, January 25th or 26th. My my coach Todd can tell his wife that they breed dogs. Okay. Well, that's the best time of the lunar cycle this month. I will also tell you that January 25th and 26th are great for brewing beer or cider or to can or pickle your vegetables and fruit. Now, if anybody needs to castrate their animals, (laughs) um, 
I'm listening. January 4th and 5th have passed, but January 31st remains a good day for that. Coloring your hair, if you want to dye your hair, January 10th, 11th, or 12th. Okay. Now, here's where... Now, cut hair to discourage growth or cut hair to encourage growth. I'm going to assume most of us want to encourage growth, unless we're talking about, like, our armpits. I'll tell you both. (laughs) Cut hair to discourage growth, January 23rd, 24th. To encourage growth, January 10th, 11th, 12th. To get married, January 23rd, 24th. Dental care, get that done on the 20th, 21st, or 22nd. Oh, I do need to schedule that. I, so do I. Here's another one that might be applicable to people in January. Best days to quit smoking, January 22nd or January 26th. And last but not least, to wean your animals or children, January 22nd or 26th. <laughs> When your animals or children. So basically, these dates are for people who live on a farm that care about their hair. Yeah. Yeah. And gaining weight. Interestingly enough, none of those were on the full moon. Oh, true that. Oh, so they, they basically, what we could take away from that is they're recommending not to do anything on the on full, full moon. moon. Pass off your chores to others. There you go. Those are the uh, key dates for farmers and people who care about their hair for January 2022. And if you want to know more for the rest of the months of the year, just go to the Farmer's Almanac online. Well, I can confidently say that I did not write any of those dates down. It turns out that I'm not, you know, too concerned about any of those activities. Um, But I know where I can go. Farmer's Almanac dot com i'm assuming well like you said if i I need to know yeah about anything else all right Mm -hmm. well that was i mean the coolest part about that news i'm not i'm not putting down your news but the coolest part about your news was that it was so correlated with Kristen's story (laughs) i agree (laughs) crazy that was lunacy that was lunacy Lunacy. (laughs) all right well julie Kristen. Did you find what you were looking for? 